Hey listeners, your rewatchers would love for you to join us at the 2018 Philadelphia Podcast Festival. The Philadelphia Podcast Festival is a free two-weekend-long podcast fest featuring over 45 podcasts recording live at six venues across Philadelphia from June 22nd to July 1st. The Highlander Rewatch Podcast will be doing a live interactive podcast on Saturday, June 23rd at 4 p.m. at our favorite Philadelphia watering hole, Tattooed Mom located on Historic South Street. Our live show is completely free and will feature plenty of games and prizes you can win. Come early and enjoy some other podcasts, such as the Dungeons & Dragons podcast, A Quest for Magic and Steel at 1 p.m., or check out the Dad Life podcast, Pop in Bottles, at 3. Following the Highlander Rewatchers show at 4, stick around for some more nostalgia with the Cinescape podcast, Dissecting the 80s podcast, and the Good Times Great Movies cast. For more information, visit phillypodfest.com for the complete list of shows and schedule. Once again, we invite you to join us at Tattooed Moms, located at 530 South Street, on Saturday, June 23rd at 4 p.m. for an awesome time celebrating Highlander with the Highlander Rewatch crew. Find the event page on our Facebook page to RSVP. We can't wait to see you there. Hey Rewatchers, Keith here. We have a very special Adrian tape we're bringing you this week. For those of you who don't know, the Adrian tapes was a series of audio cassettes that Adrian Paul and the good folks at Davis Panzer produced in the mid-1990s, and they act as sort of a behind-the-scenes commentary to the action that was happening on the television screens each and every week. We here at Highlander Rewatch have remastered the tape and cleaned up the audio for your listening pleasure. The recording we present today comes from Tape 3, Side. A, and this is Sword Fights, Stunts, and Quickenings. On this tape, Adrian Paul has a lot of great stories, including what Lambert thought of fighting Richard Mull in the pilot episode, The Gathering, the troubles fighting on a train track, the infamous Beast Below fight scene, and some stunts that went a little awry during the shooting process. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe to the Highlander Rewatch podcast on Apple, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or any other podcasting app. Thanks again, and enjoy sword fights, stunts, and quickenings. The sword fights was something I always looked forward to. Although I had already studied a little with the katana, the sword I use on the show, most of my training the first year came under the guidance of Bob Anderson. He was a 30-year veteran of stage and screen. However, I soon found that no matter how much you prepared for a sword fight, there were many other elements that were totally out of our control. Sometimes it would be the sword unexpectedly breaking in the middle of a take. Other times it was the other actor's overzealous nature, or maybe it was something as simple as a piece of scenery that would suddenly seem to pop up out of nowhere and trip us up. The fights we did the first year were very memorable for me. Some I look back on with a smile. Others I feel lucky to have come away from with only minor injuries. The very first fight was a precarious one to do. Even Christopher Lambert confided in me that he wasn't very confident fighting Richard Mull, since he'd fought someone similar in Highlander 2 and had ended up with stitches in his hand. Now, as many of you know, Richard is a very large man, standing around six foot five, and I don't think he really knew the power he was putting into wielding his ten-pound piece of steel. 
There were a few times I actually thought he would cleave my sword in half and I would actually end up losing my head, for real. Although there wouldn't have been a season two then, would there? However, the fight I did in Innocent Man with John Novak was quite memorable for two reasons. First off, we were on a tight rehearsal schedule and we were given only an hour and a half to prepare it. Secondly, we were rehearsing at six o'clock at night in an area of the forest located right in the middle of Mosquito Central. Fortunately for all of us, John had a good feel for the sword and the fight turned out great. Although the next day you could find me in between takes scratching the bites I'd received from those pesky little critters that had crawled inside my shirt for dinner. Now other fights, such as the one I did with Roland Gift in For Tomorrow We Die, or the one with George Carafas in Lady and the Tiger were also a pleasure, because the timing and fluidity were there, as well as the acting, which made them fun to do. And George was a passionate man, which was evident in his character, and even more so in our sword fights. You know, you were blind man, and you still are your dad. <laughs> This courtyard scene was quite intense, and if you look closely, as we break apart, you can see me holding my sword upside down, although in fact it should have been facing the other way. No! Do it! The crowd do it now! The second fight we did was the one I'd like to talk a little more about. It was the final fight in the metro tunnels beneath Paris. Here we came across a few unexpected problems. You see, running and fighting along railroad tracks is harder than it looks. Both Julia and George fell during the sequence for real, and in fact, Julia hurt her knee so badly that she couldn't stand up. So when they set the camera up to shoot over her shoulder, we had to use a lookalike. And in fact, in the final cut, you can also see George tripping and falling onto the tracks. This wasn't choreographed. The other problem we faced was the fact that we didn't have enough time to shoot the entire fight that day. We had to go back and do it with a second unit another time. The day we did that was a day when I also had to do a fight on Lady and the Tiger in the afternoon. So in the morning, I got ready. I walked out of my hotel, and stepping out the door, I bit my cheek. Now, I should have known it was going to be one of those days. Once I got to the set, which was an underground station, we started shooting the fight. The first thing that happened was George fell over again. During the next two takes, I twisted my ankle, got showered with sparks, and got a knock on the hand. I said to myself, let's just get through this and move on, because I still have another fight to do this afternoon. So I went onto the set of Lady and the Tiger and we started rehearsing that fight. The fight started with a few blows and Jason and myself grappling with each other. He was then supposed to elbow me in the face. First two takes went fine, although each time he did the move he got closer to my chin. Just before the third take I was going to say to him, be careful because last time you almost got me, but I decided not to say anything. And guess what? The third take he hit me squarely in the jaw. I sort of went, ugh. No more, no more, please, not today. Well, I got one more on the hand before we finished. But the crowning point of the day was leaving the set. It was dark outside. And as I walked away, I fell off the edge of the curb and twisted my ankle again. I was hopping away towards the trail and I didn't notice a metal step on the ground and banged my shin. I said to myself, it's definitely time for me to get in the car, go back to the hotel and soak in a hot bath. Unfortunately, I wasn't the only one who got hurt in year one. This is what it sounded like for J.E. Freeman when he cracked a rib during his run-in with a table in Family Tree. In Road Not Taken, Dustin and Gwyn, in the fight in the bar, was up against an inexperienced actor, and the actor elbowed him in the face when he was doing the fight. And then in turn, Dustin was supposed to do a turning back kick and told the actor, don't step in when I turn, step out. Well, the actor didn't. 
But it wasn't only the actors that got hurt. Cameramen could also get into tricky situations. If you look in the hunters, I had a pair of nunchuckers that I was using. And I threw them to hit the bad guy on the back of the head. Well, when they were shooting the camera on me, I let the nunchuckers go a little late. And they flew off and hit the cameraman right in the head. Okay, and action. The guillotine. See what I mean? See what I mean? That's what I'm afraid of. Oh, I know you're right. But usually I was very careful not to hurt anybody. Although in See No Evil, in the flashback fight, there were two things that happened that were unexpected and out of control. One was that I was given a real knife to do the fight with. Somebody had forgotten to get a dummy blade. The fight consisted of a variety of moves culminating in my disarming my opponent with a cut across the top of the hand with the knife. Although we'd rehearsed this several times and had already filmed it a couple without any problems, in the last take, I slashed the knife across his gloved hand and actually cut him, leaving him with a two-inch gash. Although at the time he didn't even feel it until I pointed out that he should take a closer look. The other thing that happened was something that would give us problems time and time again in year one, and that was the sword breaking. In the same sequence, you can see me making a clean cut for a piece of scene. Well, during filming, what never reached the screen was the sword breaking twice as I made that cut. The problem we found later was the way the fighting blades have been constructed. The blades have what is known as a tang that run into the sword handle. The problem was that the tang only ran halfway through the handle, so any strong contact with the blade would either make the blade break in half, or half the handle would fall off. The worst time this happened to me was in Paris when I was fighting a gentleman named Christian Van Acker on The Beast Below. There were two reasons I think I got hurt on this one. One, because the sword broke. But two, because he drank three quarters of a bottle of wine before actually doing the scene. The scene was to have me jump down some stairs, do a few sword moves with him, get pushed back, and then disarm him on the ground. After that, I was to run up another set of steps, fending him off as I went. The first take was okay, but it had a few technical difficulties. By the second take, I think the wine had kicked in. Because as he swung at me, I saw the blank look on his face. A look I knew all too well. We were in the heat of battle, and he didn't remember the moves we'd rehearsed, but he also wasn't stopping. So there I was, just blindly parrying whatever he was throwing at me, and eventually we got back onto the choreography. I put him down onto the ground, he got up and started clambering up the steps. And then he forgot again, and the more he forgot, the angrier he got, and the angrier he got, the harder he was hitting. I finally reached the top of the steps, I held the sword down to him, said my line, don't make me do this! Well, he was so angry by this point, he hit my sword so hard with his scythe that he actually broke my handle in half. So now I had half a handle facing a half-drunk maniac with a big piece of metal coming towards me. The next piece of choreography was supposed to be a head cut, while well, he came at me with a shoulder cut. I'd readjusted for it, but he caught me on the hand and split my hand open. <laughs> I love show business. Ah, stunts. Now, stunts are another thing. I love doing stunts, but I discovered they could be quite dangerous, especially when they can cause a chain reaction. You see, when you have an injury, it can cause you to have another. The incident that caused the biggest chain reaction for me began when I got hurt in Bad Day in Building A. With a title like that, I should have known I was in for something. In the scene where I'm being dragged along the floor after being knocked out, the stunt guy pulled me from the arms and I heard this pop in my back. It was a muscle that had been pulled out. I shrugged it off and I said, no, I'll be okay, no problem, no problem. My first mistake. 
Six or seven days later, I got into the show Deadly Medicine, where in the final scene I was supposed to have a chair broken over my back. Since I was still in pain, we had the stunt guy take the hit on his back from a balsa wood chair. In the following take, since the director also wanted to see my reaction, we decided to piece the chair back together again and put a back pad on my back. I felt relatively safe because it was going to be another stuntman who was going to hit me with the chair, and I had no worries about being hit in the right place. My second mistake. Now, 14 days later, we came to the Mountain Man episode. This was a pretty physical show, and my back hadn't quite healed. In the final fight, I had to wield an axe, and during the rehearsals, I began to feel a distinct pain in my back from the weakened muscle. By the time we got to shoot it, my back said, that's enough. And although I didn't know it at the time, I pulled a rib out of place for my vertebrae. Every time I had to do a take, I'd be holding my breath from the pain, and in between takes, I'd have to lay down and have somebody work on my back. If you watch me in the show, you can see me grimacing and screaming during the quickening. This has nothing to do with acting. It's sheer pain. I guess you have a certain amount of control when you do a sword fight because you're holding the sword. Well, explosions are a different story. Now, I'd been around a lot of explosions before, but I don't think quite to the extent that we'd used them on Highlander. If you noticed in the first season, we had a lot of quickenings. And in the quickenings, they use a lot of fireworks and a lot of explosions. In Eyewitness, for instance, I was standing there for the very last part of the quickening, and if you look, there's a shower of sparks that come flying over my head. If you look very closely, as I'm screaming, one of the sparks landed in my mouth. Now, I had the option to either cut the scene, which would have cost them thousands of dollars, or just swallow the sizzling ember, which is what I decided to do. There was another time, actually, that I almost sizzled too much, which was in the show For Tomorrow We Die. We had a flashback back into World War I with Roland Gift as the bad guy, and it was supposed to be bombs exploding all around us. The special effects man was new to the show and he wanted to give a good impression of his work. There were four bombs, four explosions. Usually the sound of an explosion is magnified with sound effects in the final cut of the show. And for safety reasons, smaller charges are usually used when you're filming. Now, they're supposed to sound like this as they did in the second take of this scene. In this case, the special effects guy was told, just use half charges. So he said, we, oui, I use half charges. Are you sure they're half charges, we asked him. Oh, but of course. Well, the cameras were set, the charges were set, the actors were set, the stuntman who was supposed to be blown up and go flying over the explosions was set. The first explosion obliterated every single thing in sight and sent the stuntman flying. The second explosion, you couldn't hear anything at all. By the third explosion, I couldn't see anything, and I just ducked my head down. As I looked back up again, I couldn't see the camera, let alone the camera seeing me. Luckily, nobody got hurt, except for the stunt guy who walked around with a ringing in his ears for about an hour afterward. Through it all, the show has remained a lot of fun to do. These stories were all from year one. There's also year two and year three, and I've got twice as many stories to tell you about those, but it'll have to wait until another time.
So I guess I'll leave you with the hope that you'll keep watching and enjoying. And remember, I sizzle occasionally. Rewatchers, thanks for listening to this episode of the Adrian Tapes, Sword Fights, Stunts, and Quickenings. We really hope you enjoyed Adrian's stories. They're a lot of fun to hear and give some great insight to the behind-the-scenes shooting of Highlander the series. Again, if you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe to the Highlander Rewatch podcast and get brand new Highlander content delivered right to your phone each and every week. Thanks again for listening. Bye! Bye!